Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, a boy, the number one book boy, standing six foot two, 299 pounds, from the south shore of Nassau County, Long Island, it's Johnny G. All you gotta do is trust me. Jackson Maine, abortion is healthcare. I agree with Jackson Maine on that one. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Arthur is a dog for all of you that think he is my brother who's a producer. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, from the Reply Guys pod, we got Julia Clare and Kate Willard. Hello. Woo. All right. Hello. Well, now it's your oh turn to talk because I'm out of breath. <laughs> I is need that, to lay down. Is that how you do every intro or no? Yeah, that is how I do every intro, wow. unfortunately. Yeah. And is, I is, feel is, like <laughs> th- that makes me want to do the like, uh, I feel like I'm going to respond like a morning zoo woman. <laughs> like, oh, you. Ow. <laughs> Knock it off. Hey, who got laid last night? Uh, yeah. uh, me. You know, I, no, uh, I started doing it a while ago just because I uh, didn't know how to start a show and I didn't want to do like a cold open by myself. I didn't want to do any extra work. I wanted to just like right. lift and move. So, but then I started doing it and other people just were like, my guests would be like, once you did that, I kind of knew this show was dumb bullshit and I totally felt comfortable. And I was like, oh, okay. It kind of like lowers the stakes. Everyone's like, well, if this is what the show is, I'm going to, I'm going to deliver as a guest. I, I also <laughs> hope that that is how you're introing yourself um, before every time you make love with your wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tiffany, it's time for the number one fuck boy. <laughs> Hope you have a free three and a half minutes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I would say that I have some strong candidates in the pipeline for the number one fuckboy, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah. I feel like I feel like maybe this is a regional category. <laughs> yeah. Well, I started calling myself the number one fuckboy back before, like when I started this podcast like five years ago, and I didn't even fully understand what the word meant. And mm-hmm. then I had Cypher Sounds on my pod, and he was like, you know, that's like the term in prison for the guy who everybody fucks or whatever. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then like three months later, the definition completely changed to what us, my generation called douchebags. Right. 
Right. Like, fuckboy is like the new douchebag. Specifically, I feel like in the hetero uh, sexual, like, this guy is a, di- a douchebag towards yeah. women. Yeah. Or sleeps around and is a little, a little asymmetrically casual. Although in the queer, the queer women community, um, I have heard it ascribed to women as well. Oh, hell yeah. She's anyone, yeah, it's 2022. It's, anyone could be a fuckboy. Anyone can be a fuckboy. It's gender neutral at this ter- at this point. Hell I actually wrote yeah. a pilot called Fuckboy based on the premise that anyone could be a fuckboy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was hard because, you know, I reached this point where like the note that I kept getting on the pilot was like, yeah, I don't know. I just think that this character like shouldn't really fuck these people anymore. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, preacher to agree. choir. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Katzenberg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I, I've been listening to your guys' pod for a little bit, and oh, I want thank you. Yeah, no worries. I, I, I love it. You guys talk about the shit I want to hear about. Uh I think the vibe is fascism was a recent one that hit, or like the vibe check. Oh, the vibe fa- shift. The, the vibe, vibe shift, shift yes. is fascism. Yeah. And that kind that like you guys talking about it. And that was something I had been talking about, like talking about with friends, but kind of ranting about to my wife. And she yeah. is not as pilled. And uh, she has a great separation of anxiety, uh, separation of church and state with her social media where she's like, I just look at pretty shit on Instagram and friends. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, so smart. Bless I'm her. Like, I'm like, I'm reading the intercept articles. <laughs> you know, it's like, and you don't even like, and I feel you like don't even sick. know. <laughs> I'm like, you are, do you understand what this meet the Patriot front? Do you know who they are? I've listened yeah. to 40 <laughs> podcasts about them. And my wife's like, why? And I'm like, I, I, I can't even answer that. But when you guys were talking about it, and I'm like, this is who I need to scream with for a little Hell bit. Yeah. Well, we're here, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Let's let her rip. There's just too much, like something my, not to keep quoting my wife and she's without her permission, but th- she always says like, there's just so much shit going on that sucks. And it's like, and it just feels like that's part of the strategy of something. Like it feels like it, it's working in the other guy's favor. It's working in the fascist favor. Yeah, that there's so yeah. much shit going on. We can't I, like fight all the, it feels like we can't fight. And we meaning that I'm not doing shit. I'm screaming into a microphone for a hundred dollars a week, but like, <laughs> That's they, good. Those are good numbers. Hey, I'm happy for Those it. Are good numbers. It's not a lot of work. It is not a lot of money, but it it's sort of one to one on how much <laughs> effort I put in. So it's only fair. Uh, but there's just like we can't fight all the fights, and it feels like they know that. And they being yeah. now, I'm starting to sound crazy just by saying we and no, them. Like, that makes me feel nuts no. already. But like, uh, if it's feeling like. This is something in like 20 years people are going to talk about like 2016 through 2026 as like some crazy ass shit that happened in America. Like I feel yeah. like I mean we are that's a the... pretty optimistic reading I would say. <laughs> right. You know? That that assumes the existence of the year 20 of America in the year 2026 which is of well, course not, not up that... in the air. I think that 2026 America is still going to exist, but I mean, I'm not really sure that we're looking at a a better timeline by then. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know what gets us better. better. Like there's so much, there's so much like scary shit for so many, like so many groups of people. And then so much stuff like overall that is like the vibe is generally scary. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, there is, you know, with the phenomenon that you were talking about, 
um, where there's like there's too much terrible stuff to keep to keep track of. That was that was the Trump administration's like whole MO was just like doing so much terrible shit. And also Trump had so many scandals. They all just kind of rolled into one and no one was able to like really keep track of. Right. It's Everything. like you go past some point on the speedometer and you're like uncancelable because it's yes. like, what do we even yeah. choose for this person? They're like, every choice they make is awful. And it's just like, we can't. He's too slippery. You know, well, that's why everyone, <laughs> uh, he, you know, his nickname, Teflon Don. Nothing yeah. sticks yeah. to him. <laughs> and, I, and I think like, like, you know, I mean, an important thing to understand about like Democratic administrations like the one we have now is nothing in general ever goes, like, back to the way it was. Like, to kind of give an example, you know, George W. Bush did the war on terror. Um, you know, the Heard Obama, of it. Yeah, the Obama administration, I mean, Obama ran on closing Guantanamo Bay, on ending the war on terror. And instead, what they did was they made it all, you know, a bit more palatable and used like drones instead you know and right and it's and and it's not like they stopped what what was previously going on it's just like they kind of found a sleeker way to do it Mm -hmm. exactly yeah yeah republicans lower the bar and then democrats like make what they've done what republicans have done into like a you know professional looking technocratic hey everybody look we're really trying our best yeah, they they thing. make they're like in the they're the person in the group who takes the awful information and makes a cool PowerPoint. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that okay, uh, that's palatable, and it's oh like, oh my god, oh, love okay. these graphics. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, Republicans are back in power. Everyone just talk about how they're fucking evil, how they're fucking evil. Now we're in power. Do what they were doing, but in cuter outfits, and we are exactly. Safe. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. her name is Kirsten Cinema, and <laughs> yeah, I mean. I I think that the I, I like calling it ascendant fascism. Yes, it's it sounds hyperbolic, but when you actually look at like a granular level at what Republicans are doing at the state level in terms of like completely throwing out elections, uh civil rights and things like making it as hard to vote as possible, um and that's of, so far, and it feels like there's a conscious effort on their part to like it is shoehorn oh, yeah, more is. people into these positions, like the Secretary of State and shit. And yeah. the yeah, um, the state secretaries of secretaries of state, um, and also, I mean, Trump pushed through 300 federal judges for lifetime appointments when he was in office, and he only had one term. And it wasn't just obviously it wasn't just him. It was a the Senate that confirmed them and they just like one after another. And they were the youngest, hardest line right wing nut jobs that they could find. Just putting in 60 years. People who were there for 60 years, like, you know, yeah. just like we're going to put monsters in here who have mm-hmm. 50 years left of juice in them. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say youngest, hottest. And I'm like, Julia, their appearance is irrelevant. <laughs> but they are <laughs> the youngest, hot. hottest, thickest, <laughs> sexiest, cons- ultra alt-right conservative judges. They all yeah. start wearing like cinches halfway down their robes yeah. just to like cut a 
little figure because yeah, like nurses <laughs> show, scrubs when they show got a little leg joggers, yeah, <laughs> slit up the side. <laughs> the classic little black dress, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, a couple of those lifetime appointees are some of the highest judges in the world. Yeah, in America. Yep. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the- yeah. I mean, Trump got a third of the Supreme Court, a third in one term, um, and obviously that's like has a lot to do with McConnell's rigging of things. And now you see like, okay, so Trump's house was at Mar-a-Lago was raided by the FBI. Um, in order, first of all, cool. FBI is not good, but they did something funny and cool. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> like, it's, it's one of those situations where you're like, Man, also, I don't think anything's going to come of it, but like maybe death of a thousand cuts. Like, I- I'm at least enjoying this, well, just feels like positive news. You just, you, you, the volume of evidence that you have to have to get a no knock warrant for a former president at his private residence is huge. It's like so substantial. It has to be like undeniable that he did crimes. And, Also, the person who had to sign off on all this was the director of the FBI, Christopher Wray, who Trump appointed. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, the the FBI guy turning on Trump, Alex Jones's lawyer turning on him. I I mean, that was incredible. I I I, oh, and also what came out of of those text messages Mm -hmm. is that Alex Jones sent a nude photo of his wife to Roger Stone. That's so fucking crazy. I mean, that's. Unless they're all cool about it, then I guess that's no. just interesting. But I no, doubt Alex I, Jones is just a psycho who yes. also how does he even have a wife? I Roger don't. Stone is you know, he's a swinger. He's a swinger. He and his oh. wife are Yeah, they I mean, I met Roger Stone in real life, which was wild. I met him at Politicon. <laughs> Wait, just, I was just about to say, I wouldn't put those two phrases yeah. back to back just for your own sake. Did you know Roger Stone is a swinger? Also, I've met him. <laughs> no, I was so okay. No, I mean, the, the thing that put it back to back in my mind was that I was like, I met him and I was thinking I had just seen the documentary about Roger Stone, which is how I learned he was a swinger. And I was just like, how does this guy get so many people to have sex with him? But you know, he's low key been around behind the scenes doing awful shit for like yeah. forty years or something like. He that. looks no, like crazy. He looks like the the Wario to the Monopoly Man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he does. That's a good good comparison. And he also has like he has a full back tattoo of Richard Nixon. Yeah, that should be disqualifying. Uh, that's he's really th- gross. Yeah, he's just disgusting. That level of fandom for politicians is just fucking gross in my book. I know a grown up who had a Donald Trump themed 60th birthday or 50th. What? Yeah. And uh, had like a Donald Trump cut out a Trump cake or whatever. And I was just like, I've never like I wouldn't even have like I don't even. Who do I want? I wouldn't even have like a the bear themed birthday party. <laughs> like I love, you know, like I like that show a lot right now. <laughs> like who could how? And that worship like has been weaponized. Like people are still like on his team and he's not in power and may not be back in power anytime. Well, soon. He- yeah, I mean, back to the the fascism of it all, like. 
Um, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said that if he if they win back the House in the midterms, if Republicans win back the House in the midterms, he will immediately open an investigation into uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland for this FBI raid. That's like that's fascist shit. Yeah, that is like textbook like, hey. We're going to attack our enemies that we're supposed to be working alongside. That's, and that's fucking what it feels mafia like. shit. And it feels like we're eking towards that, but it feels like we're eking towards like a hard drop off. Like, oh, yeah, I feel like I feel like when this when this switch gets turned on, like it's trickling out now when this switch turns on, like there's so much venom between the party, like deservingly. So I feel like one direction, arguably, but like ev- everyone is so fucking angry and there's it feels like there's no future going forward for a bo- two party system. Like, no, yeah. I mean, well, there's also not. I mean, let's let's make one thing perfectly clear is that Andrew Yang's third party is also not an option. No, and, no, no. Um, he everyone just needs to realize that Andrew Yang is a perpetual electoral loser and yeah. everyone hates him. And therefore, he tried to create his own party. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm torn about it, to be honest with you, because on the one hand, Andrew Yang's party is a joke and has political goals that are basically non-existent but to the extent that they do exist are (laughs) abhorrent um but on the other hand we stand a chronic loser you know we do yeah it's he's it's but anyway yeah there is whole campaign might be a joke but we like jokes is what we're saying (laughs) (laughs) no but there there is something about that um about watching a man lose over and over and over that like immediately gets kate's senses tingling (laughs) yeah a man posting his l's well that l stands for love (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> there should be a better way to harness some of these people who are magnetic and charismatic but aren't just not really in the right direction just be like yang just like work with somebody that other people like and just no. like right yeah. right along and it's like he's not no. meant for politics he's a good media personality yeah. i think you know everyone like, wants to be the person it feels like uh, no one wants to be like all right i'll help out make that and everyone's like no i'm the fucking person it they feels- should give him a game show i feel like andrew Yang, like the best and highest use of someone like Andrew Yang. He's caught, you know, he's he seems nice, he's charismatic. Let him host some kind of family friendly quiz situation. Here you go. Let him be the new Ellen. That's yeah, I, totally. Exactly. Oh, I think yeah. he can do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he can't be a worse boss. Uh, <laughs> I feel like he could dance around. No, I feel like if Andrew Yang was were the new Alan, you know, he would be beloved by his writers. He would yeah. give people the time off that Ellen denied her staff for years. You know, like if, if somebody had a problem, he'd call like a meeting where he like brought bought everyone pizza like he was like a really <laughs> needy stepdad you know um, but he also he also would be a boss who would think that like buying everyone pizza is um is an, is better than compensation is yeah. better is better than health and dental <laughs> right, but in right. that situation it's fine because WGA, right? You know, right. there's there's a union. We don't need <laughs> it, it, 
Andrew Yang himself doesn't need to be the like benevolent guy because there is a union fighting for Hollywood writers. Wait, Kate, you you saying we should hire he should get a game show makes me think if I was a billionaire, one of the best things you could possibly do for society is take all these like mid-level right-wing grifter fucking influencer people and be like, all right. What do you get paid to do your dumb, dangerous podcast, Nick Fuentes or Ben Shapiro? And if they're like, I make $400,000 a year, it's like, great. For $500,000 a year, do you want to host a YouTube show where there's just no politics allowed, but you get half a million dollars, we'll juice the marketing, we'll make you famous, but you can't talk politics. Like, just yeah. do that for like 20 people and just, because they all just want money and fame. Yeah. They yeah. just, like, hate is a shortcut to it. Not to be corny, but it's literally Star Wars. It's well, like... you know, they're always talking about they're always talking about Christmas, you know, and how they hate when people say happy holidays. Make all these people Christmas special entertainers. You know, yeah, what I make mean? them give them I just all... saw the Elvis movie, so it's in my mind. But yes, you know, give, give them, them all like a, a holiday special, like have Ben Shapiro, you know. Well he's Jewish. He's Jewish. Well, he he do still a gets mad special. when people it's... say happy holidays. Right. What a yeah. Sellout. yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, well there well, okay. Again, I I just I am I have so many examples of of ascendant fascism on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> Keep um, going. So Let her rip. The um the Republican gubernatorial nominee in Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano, used this he consulted with um he paid this media company, this like media company that where this social media platform where everybody who gets kicked off of every other social media platform for being too racist goes. Um, I think what are they? Is called? it like, Gab or Parler? Gab. It's Gab. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I told them. you I'm a little pilled myself. <laughs> it's Gab. I've got accounts on all of them. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gab, and he, yeah, he uh, so Doug Mastriano paid. Um, gab five thousand dollars to like consult uh to like basically consult his social media approach to his own campaign and the ceo of gab has just come out saying increasingly horrific things obviously one of which being that like ben shapiro is not welcome in the right in the right wing movement because he's jewish oh wow like <laughs> yikes cra- like crazy <laughs> shit like openly and then Doug Master and I was like well this is the it's like well I I don't you know I don't agree with these statements but this is the this is the beauty of free speech. Right. <laughs> oh oh man. That's you you want to know something fucked up about a uh, Mastriano? Please. I mean, there's a lot, but specifically Democrats boosted his campaign. Yes. This which so, is the Democratic Party spent money to try to get this guy to win the primary. Because they, because because they thought he'd be easier to beat. They did that on they did that in a number of races. They boosted the like most extreme candidate, the DCC. Yeah, that thinking that bunch. they would be easy to win over. But have we learned nothing from 2016? Yeah. It's like everyone thought Trump is too ex- there were how many op-eds were there that were like Trump is too extreme to be president and look who was president for four like it's such a dumb gamble. Um It's not worth it. Also, you're you saying that makes me feel like but even if all the Democratic nominees win in those places that they uh, that the D, D- Triple C did that strategy. 
was it worth it to bring that much toxic no. energy no, into the spotlight? No, it's like just like don't have five. Like if we have five people, five less people spouting like dog whistles, that's a win. <laughs> like if give me the Republican who's like, we're just not going to work on the roads here at all. Everyone's taxes, <laughs> you know, like just give me one of those Republicans in somewhere. Like I know you don't, it doesn't all and. We Why? hate roads. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you'll get some socialists on your side too. <laughs> Be like, yeah, let's build bike paths. Uh, yeah, but no cars. <laughs> no cars. Yeah, the roads are so bad. There's no cars in Pennsylvania. Everyone's like fucking riff playing acoustic guitar and shit. It rolls. I mean, yeah, Pennsylvania is a real mixed bag of a state because I do think that Doug Mastriano would have gotten a lot of play there anyways because the Pennsylvania Republicans are pretty fucking gnarly. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I it's just it's really I mean there's like there's a lot of of really bad people who are running for office and who are are also elected officials like I mean uh, it's fucking fascist how many abortion bans have gone into effect since uh, the Dobbs decision came down. Like Indiana the other day became the first, um, the first state to that separate from a trigger law passed a new ban uh, in all, uh, basically all cases except rape and incest. And some of the uh, Republicans thought that it didn't go far enough in the state legislature. They wanted it, to include rape and incest. Um, and the speaker of the Indiana state house was like, literally was like the body inside of a woman's body is not her body. He said, not her body, not her choice. And wow. wow. This sounds like a, a horrible slam poem. It is <laughs> when, when you think about it, it really is. And I do think that there are a lot of frustrated slam poets who enter politics. There's certainly what? a lot of frustrated comedians. Yes. I mean, I mean, that's what it feels like. It's frustrated entertainers. Like it's yeah. politics is like, you know, they say it's Hollywood for DC's Hollywood for ugly people. And yeah. like be, that could also just mean hateful, not charming people. And they can yeah. find an audience or find power there because they have some sort of charisma. They can c put words together and or are comfortable, complete, either being awful or attaching themselves to so many awful beliefs and ideas just to win and yeah. like and i don't it doesn't matter which one you are both are equally both like, are bad yeah both are terrible and just the, this mastriano guy and these crazy like extra extreme right wing people that the d triple c wants to put in everyone on in these extreme right wing uh these extreme right wing politicians all f still feel like beholden to trump which i just do not understand why everyone on their side is like it's like, don't worry, they, Trump. No, they got, are. Right. They're all like, they're still using him as like a binding. And like, and then other people are like sliding in under the Trump barn. Like Trump built a barn and is like, and everyone's like, yo, get some white supremacists in here. Get these anti-Semites. And then all of a sudden Christians are like, okay, let's act out our, and Catholic, let's act out our darkest fantasies for uh, a Christo-fascistic country. And like, they slide in, they're like, yeah, no, 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 we like politics. We're politics. Yeah. Now. You know? And like, and now th they're just so joint that 
that's like you raise people on like believing Christianity and then go, all right, now make a hard turn this way and j- come on, let's go. And like, yeah. that's so scary. <laughs> I mean, that marriage has been, you know, that marriage has, has happened uh, for a long time now. I mean, you know, certainly that the marriage of uh, economic conservatism and racism uh, in the Republican Party was, you know, a, a really very big issue um, during the civil rights era, you know, Um, also, you know, beyond that, certainly. But, you know, like there are people who political theorists, you know, Republican strategists, like their whole job is to sit down and write papers about how to justify this like kind of typical conservative low taxes, pro-business agenda through a religious lens. Like, it, it's very cynical. You know, I'm the abortion issue in particular, um, there were a lot of people, you know, in the 70s, 80s, um, who were kind of at the top of the Republican Party. You know, I don't mean, like, actual politicians. I mean, like, you know, Jerry people Falwell. that be- yeah, yeah, I mean, and people much smarter than Jerry Falwell, too. Um, the family, who, yeah. Yeah, people who, you know, were kind of, you know, people who worked for these different Republican organizations, the Heritage Foundation and whatnot, who, like, really, you know, put a lot of time and thought into, you know, how to kind of frame the these Christian issues for a more, like, traditional Republican. And then now we have like this kind of the like Trump flavor, which is like sort of rhetorically anti-establishment, not really anti-establishment at all, but you no, like, like sort the of pre- who's bigger establishment than the president. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and also just like, if you look at what the Trump administration did, it was like, you know, none of it was pro worker, but when he ran, it seems like it was going to be pro worker and to, to, I think a lot of people, you know, he was talking about like, I mean, what was that one factory that was going to move their stuff abroad? And he was like, Oh yeah. I, he was like calling uh, that. They were going to move to Mexico. Like, yeah, yeah he yeah, was yeah. like, I mean, it's, it seemed like he was going to, you know, at least make these sort of like token gestures to a type of populism. It didn't really work out that way whatsoever. But, you know, I think that, yeah, he, he like, he, I mean, he immediately put a, like a big union buster as his uh, uh, secretary of labor. Yeah. Like everything was, I mean, everything was just the direct opposite of, of what he purported to be doing. Right. Yeah. And then, but he keeps, but people stay in the tent. Well, yeah. for the, uh, for the, for the, yes. the, well, the bad stuff, for the, for the, for the sides. They're not yeah. there for the entrees. They're there for the sides. Yeah. And just like there's like people who, you know, are like cynical Republican corporate strategists figuring out how to justify the, you know, economic conservatism for the Christian audience. There's a bunch of religious people trying to figure out how to justify the religious like element like with someone like trump who is basically like satan there was this guy in the bible all this king i don't remember what he what he was but what his name was but basically he was like a a sinner um like a horrible guy that was like allegedly like a, a crucial part of enacting some aspect of god's plan and they always compare trump to this guy and like the kind of lesson from it is like 
I've heard my cousin talk about this, but like the lesson from it is, is like, wow, you know, like we just have to trust the Lord and, you know, right. this, this like he's he sent a flood seemed, and killed yeah. everybody like this yeah. is like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> but this man that seems like a huge sinner, the fact that he's a sinner is all the more reason to believe that this is a sign from God, because, you know, he's he's doing this classic Old Testament test on us by sending this this dude who, you know, is divorced twice and, you know, is clearly fucking around you know yeah. on his wife and, and yeah whatnot, you know they don't say proven fucking around, at probably. proven at least to like uh, uh un undeniable proof that he's been divorced and remarried like yeah. whatever all the other stuff can be argued away with like you know what about hunter's laptop or whatever like it could all be argued <laughs> away but like from a christian perspective it can't be argued that he was divorced and it's you you start to realize that there's whole swaths of people who are christian for the, the wrong reasons or like for no reason, like they're just well, happen to also be Christian and be like, and then they get steered into this. Like the, all we have to do is really just call out the hypocrisy on the right. And then yeah. once, and then once we do that, oh my God, are you serious? <laughs> um, yeah, I have a lot of experience with, um, evangelical people, and evangelicals were not an active voting block until the major the moral majority, that group of of Republican strategists made abortion into the issue around which uh, evangelicals would galvanize and go to the polls. Um, and be, and also evangelicals didn't even they weren't even as frothingly anti-abortion uh, back in those days either. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, they are, a lot of them are single issue voters on abortion because right. that's what they've been told. They, the thing is, is that they believe they have been told that babies are being murdered. And so this is the most important issue to them. And that is the only thing that they care about. So they were like, a lot of them were like, well, I have to, like, even if I find Trump personally distasteful, he's going to, he said he is going to um, appoint, quote unquote, pro-life justices to the Supreme Court. And that's all they cared about. And to to your other point, yes, he is still, like, number one big dick in the Republican Party. Um, and everyone listens to him. Basically, everyone who he endorsed in most of the primaries won. Um, and it's fucking crazy. Th this would be a perfect opportunity for someone over there to be like, all right, I got to like just like recenter myself a little here and just like zhuzh a little away from the extreme edge and be like, Hey, he's while he's dealing with this like FBI shit. I am pro I'm pro I'm all the awful shit that Republicans are, but without like the you know tweeting a fucking uh, swastika on top of like my right. opponent or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but they are ultimately all of them have the same goals that Trump does, and that's kind of where they find themselves. Uh, so. I, like Arizona was was a particularly weird primary, but basically, like the I think the speaker of their state house state house of representatives um, 
con- complied with the January 6th committee, didn't even necessarily like testify against Trump, but he complied with the committee and he lost. Uh, he lost his primary for because, like for, before following law and order. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> and not only did he lose his primary before that, the Republican prime, the Republican Party of Arizona censured him officially, like like which never happens. It's it never happens where you have. But the the head of the Republican Party of Arizona is like a crazy MAGA lady. And yes, yeah, it's a little terrifying over there. But the guy, the, the guy who's the, oh, his name, uh, his name was Rusty Bowers. <laughs> That's awesome. That's like a fucking plumber name. That's awesome. Rusty Bowers lost his primary to, uh, I mean, a, another crazy MAGA person. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, people call Obama like a once in a lifetime uh, politician, like a once in a lifetime political figure. I do think that that the same can be said about Trump. Uh, Undeniably. In, yeah. I, I think they are like perfect uh, bookends uh, of one another. Um, I Trump has such a hold over the Republican Party still. And, you know, now, especially with this FBI raid, we don't know if he's going to, um, you know, he's been hinting at running again in 2024, but now he definitely wants the cover of like presidential immunity. So, but then at the same time, there are reports that the RNC is threatening to stop paying his legal bills if he runs again. Wow. And he is a very expensive person to defend, if you can believe it. <laughs> Couldn't imagine why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he seems like he is able to, I don't know. I don't know what other way to say this, but he he's been able to top the RNC again and again. And yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Found, it's a I it's found, a like sadomasochistic relationship. Definitely. Have, like, I mean, yeah. you know, he can threaten them to drag them, humiliate them. I mean, it's it's ultimately like the same thing as with these like horrible <laughs> comedy guys that we were talking about. Really, as long <laughs> as you have your audience. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, you're like untouchable if you have enough people. There's like that famous saying from like marketing gurus. And it's like, if you have a thousand loyal fans, you can do anything mm -hmm. like you can like sell your wares. Like if a thousand people do buy everything you put out, you like that heart. You can make a living. You can make a life. You could be considered an artist. And like, yeah, in a pyramid scheme or anything. If you get a thousand people who try, like, and now if you have hundreds of thousand who feel extremely loyal to you, you're almost indestructible. He, like you're saying, if the RNC is like, dude, you can't run. He's like, okay, head of RNC, I just yeah. called you a, a you know a, a, a dumpy pig online. Yeah, and I mean, kind of didn't they? Because remember the, I mean, who is that guy? Ryan's Priebus. Remember Rents, that? Yeah, Rents. Yeah, remember that fucking Joker? I mean, he was like, I wasn't he originally like, oh, you know, this is Republican values, you know, and then it's just like a few weeks later, he is like in his cushy position in the administration. You know, Paul oh, Ryan. They, yeah, I mean, they they all fall in line. Even Mike Pence, who has been distancing himself from Trump and like has been campaigning against the nominees that Trump is supporting in these Republican primaries. Um, he came out with a statement about the FBI raid being like, it's horrific and it's a, it's a terrible um, miscarriage of justice and it's a horrible precedent. Um, and like that's all this just shit. because, right. Is that just because they see the, 
I'm going to use the word fandom because I don't I don't have a better one. But they see the fandom towards hating this FBI raid, so they go like, "I got to go over. I got to throw some chum to these freaks." I think so. And keep I think them that's in my a big part. part of it. Yeah, and I also think that I mean, in addition to the the fandom that the Republican base is like, "Hey, fuck the FBI!" At this point, I think that they also know that you know, Trump is pretty likely to have power again, or at right. least one of his acolytes, you know? Right, so, right. And so you don't want to cross him. Mean, yeah. Right. No, because yeah. even if these, like, you know, most like most of these people want to remain in politics, but even if they don't, the next thing that they want to do is going to be either consulting or media. And yeah. you have to be in the good graces of the people who are powerful in the right. party in order to get those high paid jobs, you know? Um I mean, it's like you can sort of, I think, quickly become irrelevant if you make the wrong enemies, you know? You're right. Time to smoke a bone, a not psychoactive bone. uh, And you can do that, too. You can chill out all summer long with dad grass because it's too nice out to be couch locked. It's too nice out to be bugging out in public. It's too nice out to be uh, anxious from uh, too powerful of weed. So treat yourself to dad grass by, uh, you know, keeps your head clear and, and you can ease away the stress. It's a CBD joint. It's products are made with 100% organic hemp that's easy to dose and the effects come on smooth. They've got a bunch of different products from their smokable pre-roll joints, which is how I enjoy it. Then they have hemp flour and a variety of CBD tincture drops. Uh, and Dadgrass is, like, I I enjoy one mixed in with my uh, cannabis use. I know a lot of people who can't really hit the heavy stuff anymore enjoy the CBD joint. I, I know ex-smokers enjoy their hemp bones. So all Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Dadgrass.com slash mighty to check out all their products. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to Dadgrass.com slash mighty. Go to Dadgrass.com slash mighty for 20% off your first order. That's Dadgrass.com slash mighty. D-A-D-G-R-A-S-S dot com slash mighty. Hello, fresh. Yes, savor every last second of summer with HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers fresh quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week, allowing you to enjoy the delicious flavors of the season right from home. No need to go to the grocery store. Don't worry about uh, meal planning and prepping. They've got you covered from family-friendly to fit and wholesome and even veggie. Getting back into the fall season can be busy, but weeknights can be made so much easier with foolproof step-by-step recipes ready in around 30 minutes or less. They even have some 20-minute meals. Oh, I'm telling you, the chicken sausage uh, or ground chicken stuffed uh, uh, peppers, that's been my jam. I know I talk about it every time, but that's maybe still one of my favorites. Need another reason to stay in? HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than dining at a restaurant and cheaper than grocery shopping. Come on now. Go to HelloFresh.com slash High16 and use code High16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Go to HelloFresh.com slash High16 and use code High16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. America's number one meal kit.
we're talking about how uh, someone activated the evangelical voting block of like, yo, abortion's important, right, guys? Come mm-hmm. on, let's all vote for yeah. our guy. Would it kill the Democrats to just break their break some wall on one real progressive thing and just scoop all of us le- like lefty people who are like just desperate for yeah. some like if fucking if the per- if someone just came to if a Kamala was like I I am green new dealing the fuck I am like I guarantee I will pro- I will fight tooth and nail to get this much money for green new deal or minimum wage up to fifteen dollars just something that the progressive people in the world uh, in the country can feel like this is a raises all boats kind of situation. Well, I think they would actually have to do it. I think that they would have right, to, that's it wouldn't, it wouldn't even just be because like I was thinking if Kamala said that, I'd be, I'd be like, yeah, right. Lady. No, it like, w- <laughs> well, Joe, jo- they did say they were canceling student debt. They did say they were raising the minimum wage and they didn't do any of that. But so, I'm saying like yeah, the way and- they do that, they put in three justices who are pro-life with the help of evangelical, but in a sort of like scratch each other's back type situation situation like why everyone in the democratic party is like bernie's a fucking piece of shit he's gonna bring the bernie and susan sarandon (laughs) gonna bring the whole country down and it's like how about you bring bernie and susan sarandon and like all of brooklyn and silver lake on your side in one swath by just being like yes let's do that. Let's. How about decriminalize you, marijuana? Right. I mean, that's that's yeah. the easiest one. Yeah. That one, because that one also, and that's the fucking real one, because that affects big business, which it means it's yeah. not great for everybody. But that seems like it could be uh, cool in like the powerful elite area where it's like, yes, now uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband. Before we agree, before we go, and I gotta just buy some stock in MedMen. You know, like oh don't my not God. yet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's such a good point. And, you know, uh, bring Susan Sarandon out to a campaign event in a low cut top and we see her perfect tits and um, Uh, George Bush can come out with Susan Sarandon low cut top and he's got my fucking vote, dude. I don't give a shit. Yeah, look, we can't do Medicare for all, but we we do have Dem tits. We have heavy hangers for you. (laughs) I mean, I think it's like... Heavy hangers. No, you know why, Gabrus? I think it's because the... Whereas the evangelical, like Republicans saw the evangelicals as like a force that could help them win. Yeah. The Democratic establishment still sees leftists as people who are like antagonizing the party, people who are going to make them lose, which is so stupid. And it's just like, I mean. Well, it shows their real like this is hyperbole but it shows their real beliefs yeah yeah i mean and it's like, <laughs> like i think when you look at like what you know what the agenda is here okay you know with republicans their agenda serves capital and that's that's open and you know it's about cutting corporate taxes it's part of the thing people like about it yeah and they don't you know like they don't have to um i mean these things like banning abortion or whatever i don't think capital really gives a fuck one way or the other right like it's you know it's if that is what gets the billionaire taxes cut sure why not you know they're always going to be able to get their abortions they can fucking helicopter to wherever they need to go but you know with the democratic party what the like the base of the democratic party wants even the liberals i'm not even talking about the leftists like you know liberals are broadly in support of you know some sort of 
healthcare solution, some sort yeah. of action on climate change. You know, leftists want a more uh, robust version of that, and you know, and probably st- student debt cancellation too. Right. Like all the all the like hallmark quote unquote progressive issues. Even but the libs yeah. love it. I, I mean, I think, but it has to be you know, in order for in order to serve capital capital. The relationship that Democrats have with their voting base, it has to be one of, particularly on the left side, one of disciplining of, you know, you no, we simply can't give you what you want. And I think a lot of the reason why they won't do even basic things is because they don't want to set the precedent that people being mouthy about it does something. I mean, yeah. what a horrible precedent to set for capital, you know? Right, right. All, oh, fuck, it, it, it's, it's infuriating. It's, it's it's really bad, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it feels like also some of these progressive ideas, especially the ones we just mentioned, like Republicans have student loans. There's got to yeah. be some crazy right-wing people who have minimum wage jobs. I mean, I know them, so I do know a handful anecdotally, and it's like that would help them. I know... Green New Deal could make jobs, could make, uh, you know, and it's it feels like, it feels like if the le- like if progressives like if the if Democrats just were like fuck it like and just like kick the door down to raise the minimum wage that like that's just popular yeah like, that's just an is. objective more money for poor people is popular with everyone except rich people and we have very few rich people so let's fucking push that out there for and everybody. I, I love that the the long-standing argument against raising the minimum wage was that it would quote unquote cause inflation and now we're in this we're already in an economy of inflation and as a consequence because the minimum wage has not been raised in 13 years the minimum wage has not been worth less like compared to the overall economy since 1955 so I just, in 70 years, it has not been worth less. It is, I mean, when you just think about it, $7.25, $7.25 in the year of our Lord 2022 for an hour of work. Are you fucking kidding me? That's fucking brutal. I made more as a lifeguard in 1997. Like, and I, and I was 16. Like, and, and I think that's the thing that's also broken. There's like, the the right and maybe even just pre this huge division like there's always been this big division obviously but it feels it feels like two different we're more f- like currently in two different realities and uh, more and more multiple different realities but t- a big split between two it feels like it feels like more and more oh man I'm losing my train of thought here weed's a hell of a drug but uh it feels <laughs> <laughs> it, it 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 feels like more and more that like we can't even we can't even connect on like minor realistic things. It's like how do we ever expect to like do something major? But like more money for people should just be a big victory, right? Like I mean, of course, but that's like, you know, I think what that presupposes is that Democrats want to do things that are popular. Right. And they don't. And they don't care about losing either, and, obviously. And, you know, and, it's like Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just saying I'm, I'm with you. I'm just sorry. I'm getting excited. And and in hearing that, we also know that raising the minimum wage or a fucking with capital in any way affects most Democratic politicians uh, 
personally because they're yeah. all fucking invested through the teeth. They all come from wealth or are got wealthy. And you like all of them are like not all of them. Sorry, but a majority of them are benefiting from like these things that we're like, like well, if we get rid of student loans, that could raise our taxes. You know, it's, yeah, like, oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's like the thing that, that this like often repeated thing. Uh, the there was this like political blogger that said uh, the name like the iron law of institutions and basically you know his point was that people who control institutions i.e you know the people who control the democratic party they care about maintaining their power within the institution much more so than about maintaining the institution like it doesn't and Nancy Pelosi does not care no. if the Democratic Party like loses elections. It's not there's literally no advantage for her of passing popular no, legislation. She keeps her fucking job. This is where exactly. I get on my, this is where I start losing my fucking mind because it reminds me of the entertainment industry in that a development executive will string you the fuck along, wait to hear back, wait to hear back about this. We rescheduled the meeting. This you're dying to maybe sell something or like because you need health insurance next year and you have no money coming in. But every week they punt it is a week they get paid, a week they put money in their 401k, a week and like on a minor scale they benefit from not having to make decisions that could be attached to them like yes. you know like and so then all of a sudden politicians are it's it's more about maintaining the your position and less about like didn't you get into this job because you wanted to be the person that greenlit South Park or whatever? And now in didn't you get into this job because you because you like loved Martin Luther King Jr. or some shit? No, but you got no, the job. I got, it, I got into politics because I love South Park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. track that baby <laughs> well that's a whole other conversation you know no. what south park has done to politics but yeah i okay i so this is the as as you may know this is the kind of the the, the running dynamic on on our show is that um is that i i try to inject some of the some of the good things that are 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 happening some of the reasons for hope um, Whenever okay. I do a political episode, we try to towards the end uh, be like, like me and Anthony and Tamanek always do conspiracy episodes. Then towards the end, we start going like, "What is the ray of light? What is there? Is there hope? Like we cannot leave. This is a comedy podcast. Let's sh like." So I love that instinct, Julia. Let's talk about some positivity, like some so some, some things to get excited about. I think that there is some pretty good evidence that public pressure does work within the democratic party. And Nancy Pelosi had to be dragged kicking and screaming to finally oppose, uh, members of Congress being able to, and their spouses being able to buy and trade stocks. Um, but begrudgingly she now opposes it. And because she just got so much flack, even from, people in her own district, which is like a lot of rich libs, a lot of like yeah. centrists and libs Lim or whatever. Libs. Limousine libs. The um, <laughs> hilariously titled Inflation Reduction Act uh, <laughs> is... Deflation? No, we don't want to go with that. No, it's <laughs> no, so, that's a, already it's a so word. funny. It's so funny that they called it that because it is, I mean, whatever gets you there, sure. Is it the three trillion dollar build back better that um our our sweet boy Bernie devised with 
Joe Biden. That was when I was feeling the most hopeful is when Joey B and uh, and Bernie were working together on Build Back Better. And I was like, wow, anything's possible. It was at 4 p.m. at dinner. <laughs> Over, excuse me, supper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! When when Biden was uh, when, during Biden's inauguration, they they interviewed Bernie after, and he was like, "I was very emotional. Joe is my old friend." <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, Bernie like, is so cocked. He's so cocked for Joe. It's hard yeah. enough, but Joe. like, but even someone you don't really like in comedy, if you're in the same rooms for like 40 50 hours yeah. these guys are so fucking old after 40 years i'm like okay jeff ross let me meet your 21 year old girlfriend <laughs> now that yeah, we're both you know, 90 i mean 20 years from now chris Delia's girlfriend is gonna be what you know 36 <laughs> so yeah i mean i'm gonna hang out with the 30 year old sure Come on. You know? sure but yeah. okay so what i was gonna say about the inflation reduction act is it it's it's nowhere near as good as build back better absolutely true but there's a there is a lot of good stuff in it um the first of all i mean this is really sad more than anything but it is the biggest piece of climate legislation that has ever been passed in in u.s history um and i think that's one of those things where it's like i i guess that feels good right like you're saying it's like that's good the thing that kate said earlier about how once once something gets in motion it's hard for it to go backwards that also is true of progressive things look at how many times they tried to uh repeal the aca and you can't because once you give some someone something it is much harder to take it away um so this is the biggest piece of climate legislation that's ever been passed um it's I mean, yes, does it have some concessions for old Ironsides, Joe Manchin and his fossil fuel buddies? Unfortunately, yes, it does. Um, Does it have some weird uh, loopholes for private equity firms that Kirsten Cinema demanded? Yes, it does. Um, But it also has... It's so uh, it's just so fucking funny that that used to be shit that that you, you used to have to hide and I now mean, because so of everything crazy. you can't it's so hide crazy it. that Kirsten Cinema was literally a member of the Green Party at one point and now she is like a slut for private equity firms. Yeah, dude, it's supposed to be that you know bisexual is supposed to mean like you know multiple gender is not that you love you know purchasing people and <laughs> corporations, corporations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but it also has like 80 billion dollars in boot in additional funding for the irs which maybe doesn't sound like a good thing off the bat but it is because the irs has been they've been siphoning away money from the irs for decades it's like a republican pet project grover norquist his whole life because that's is- like one of those dedicated. things that like low key slowly benefits all of them. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Because who? I mean, when the IRS has more resources, who do they go after? The people who are evading taxes on a huge scale, which are rich people. So this is the first boost to the IRS in forever, um, which is good, so that they can like go after you know the the Jeff Bezoses of the world. Um, Hell yeah. 
I don't know. Right? Like, shouldn't like the, shouldn't you just like shouldn't we just cap someone's wealth at nine hundred ninety nine million? Yes. Like, give them like Brewster's Millions rules, where it's like yeah. I think nine hundred ninety nine million. Uh, you're not allowed to have like a, a thousand mortgages. You could just buy yeah. some cash houses, but if you get another dollar. You gotta fucking spend it. Like, so if you're, yeah. oh, you're worth 1.6, do whatever you want, but you gotta lose $600,000 or we're gonna start penalizing you. Yeah. And I feel like just to push it out, that's, I feel like wealth hoarding, like the people who are a, year, a generation above us, that we're supposed to be being positive right now, uh, backing off of it, but they were told, like, uh, get your money, get your kids in college and make sure you have a house and, and blah, blah, blah. And, no, they everything, never said everything was like get yours yes yes and then now our generation and uh maybe not even but maybe the younger people too your generation are, are saying shit like are saying shit like well what like why don't we try to take care of each other a little here i too? know <laughs> yeah and it's like that's a novel thought right now i mean that <laughs> like that started it started before this certainly but like that uh, hyper individualist like atomization of society was like the uh, nucleus of the Reagan administration's um, whole kind of American ethos. And it really did, did have lasting effects on people on the left and the right. It's like we, we do think of ourselves as just like individuals primarily, not part of a collective and it's it's really fucked up. But back to the good stuff. Yes. Um, back, well, back to the good <laughs> stuff is I think I tried to kick it up at the end there. Like y younger people, my, I I now for the first time in my life have a bunch of friends who do comedy who also dedicate full days to like making sandwiches for unhoused people. Like that is not something yep. that was in my life 10 years when even when I was 22, comics who were 40 were not doing that comedy. Like that is just not something. I mean, I'm sure there were some very good, generous people doing some shit, but now it feels like people who aren't like wildly successful are are like, fuck, I got to do a day with Sila. I got to do a day. Like, I mean, and, I, and that I, feels so rich. Like that, fe that feels positive that people are like, you're in LA, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, are you out here too? No, I, I will be soon. But, um, but yeah, like I think about, you know, Ellery Smith, like runs a soup kitchen. Right, She's I'm constantly Venmoing Mitra to buy tampons for un. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I know. like like, and and th these are hysterical people. They're not like failing comics. These are yeah. workers. These are people who are working, and then they're also dedicating their time, like that. And that's just new enough to me, anecdotally, that I'm mm -hmm. like, that's a good sign. That starts to feel like people power or whatever. You yeah, know? Like, there's like, there's a lot of New York comics who are like involved in NYCDSA um, and mutual aid projects and things like that, community fridges. I think, especially if you live in a densely populated city, it's impossible not to see yourself as more of like a member of a collective. I think it's when you live in like a suburban area or a rural area, you're like, I, I'm out here by myself. You're not seeing any other people yeah. frequently or the people you're seeing are neighbors because they also own homes in this zip code or yeah. rent in this zip code. So they're probably pretty here. It's like you, you drive five, like you go here and New York, obviously go to Two two hundred meters in a different direction. It's a completely different like makeup of people, economic, social, religious, everything. Like, yeah. and it's like that lets you be like, well, all, 
Also, I feel like for some people, I can't like I can't I don't understand how some people don't go like I'm on television. I am like successful and I can only afford to live in a two bedroom apartment with yeah. like no yeah. out and I like that's all we can do because of because of Los Angeles and because of some bad lifestyle choices and not learning about credit card debt and two mm-hmm. predatory student loans. Uh, all that. All that aside, <laughs> that's not what radicalized me. What recently radicalized me is that I I have a rent controlled apartment that is like, you know, stressful ev- on the first of the month. Like it's not no longer stressful, but it's still I can't I can't do anything else. I can't get a bigger place. I can't move up. And then I'm like, it's so easy to imagine like. If you if you can't find a home for a million dollars, just that trickles all the way down to awful for on like the smallest scale of like yeah. It, there's no thousand dollar rentals in Los Angeles. There's no like you. No one can get an apartment for a thousand dollars, which is expensive, <laughs> and you mm-hmm. can't even pull that off. Yeah. That, but I feel like people are tired of that i feel like there's a swell and again this could be anecdotal because of the people i listen to and engage with but it feels like there's a swell of like we know we need we need to get fucking houses mansions aren't the answer we need to get housing yeah. sorry not houses but we need to get housing we these mansions aren't the answer luxury condos fuck that people who are like yes that's fine put that let's build that here like that 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 yimby shit uh or now there's like layers of what's actually good or not in that situation yeah. but oh yeah. man i have so many thoughts on that <laughs> don't even drag me into this but <laughs> no yeah. but but you are right about that and i think and different um tenants rights group are like a, a dozen tenants rights groups are directly like lobbying the Biden administration like that is a groundswell that is happening and it's not even just that like our generation is I don't even think that it's it's necessarily that our generation is more thoughtful about these things I think it's just that like conditions have gotten so bad it's visibly worse like it's hard it's hard to not look at for like even the richest people right like it's like And I totally agree with you, but I do want to say a thing that I think applies to what we're talking about right now, which is that there is this, you're right, that there is this activist energy. And it is true that many people are using this to good cause, you know, and do wonderful things for their community, participate in mutual aid, tenant organizations, you know, DSA, uh, you know, all kinds of amazing work that people are doing. But, you know, there's also like, the thing is, is like this kind of good natured spirit of giving back. It is easily co-opted. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's like, I think that, you know, can see it with housing. Like uh, the the Yimby thing is like the perfect example, right? Where it's like, people are like, oh, fuck, we have this housing crisis. And real estate developers have figured out how to repackage lobbying for them as a form of activism, Mm -hmm. right? And so, like, you have, like, literal developers getting regular people, some, you know, regular old good-intentioned people to fucking knock on doors for policies that are beneficial to real estate you know, we saw like for, the for that tw- for the owner class, the landlord yeah, for, class, yeah. for the not even the owner class, like the builder class, like right. the, the big corporate landlords, right? right? You know, and you know, and the and the developers, um, you know, a, a more more so even than than the people who just you know own a building here and there, right? You know, we saw it with you know the summer of 2020, 
where, you know, I think more people in a protest movement than, than ever in American history, ever, you know? I mean, so many people, I think it was like, it was a meaningful percentage of the population that was out in the streets. And, you know, people were talking about defunds, and, you know, some people were even talking about abolition and like nor normal liberals too, not leftists. And then, you know, we see like the kind of like liberal political class, like the media, like find a way, you know, to sort of convince people like, oh, you know, the way that you can actually, you know, make a difference is through some, you know, way way lesser demands, right? And no one's talking about defund anymore. So I think it's like the, I don't want to say no one, because obviously, but like the people talking about it now are probably people that have been interested in abolition for a long time, right. you know? Um, and, you know, I, so I think it's like important to, you know, there is this energy and it exists and it's good. But I think that the question for like leftists right now is like, yeah, how do we find a way to like channel this energy towards stuff that is actually going to have a material impact instead of stuff that is is not really going to do anything or worse, even harm stuff? Right. Like on a small scale, that's why like the shit that I've been getting into is like the community fridge shit and stuff like that. Yeah, that's not exactly. That that's shit's great. not even yeah. politics. And yes. that's what's exciting is that like learning like I. I am no longer donating to politicians that are not on like so super low and not, I'm, I'm no longer donating to politicians that $50 doesn't matter to because I don't not gonna yes. donate more than that. Uh, but I am now donating way more to small organizations because I'm I'm like that's where the ship is going to be steered is like feeding, feeding our neighbors mm -hmm. is going to be better in the long run than just getting some other person in power who's saying what they, what you want to hear right now. Like, yeah. it just feels like and I think the understanding of mutual aid and the understanding of like charity outs like it's that's hard for the right to politicize. Like it's hard for them to be like they want money to give food to homeless. Like, you know, like that's make. I feel like well, actually, they no, they and they are against it. <laughs> they are against that because they really, they don't believe that like homeless people deserve anything. No, they think it's a crime because yeah. they can't see themselves being there because yeah. they've never like engaged with that on that level. Like they can't, they don't see humanity there. They don't see which is, themselves. Which is insane yeah. because we are truly like, I mean, in this economy, we are like all closer to being unhoused than we are to being millionaires. Right. Like, yeah. and, and who knows what the future holds for like, you know, no, no one, uh, unions was like, and oh, that's another thing that's talking positivity. Oh, yeah. the labor, yes. the labor movement. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's one of those things too. That's like kind of got a strong defense because it's like unions are blue collar AF and that's like the Republican cosplay is blue collar. And so they yeah. can't, you can't come for like plumbers unions you know what i mean right. like like you're gonna look like i think i think this is my political belief system right now is that uh the left or the democrats whatever you want to do it should just start enacting policy that when uh opposition is voiced you sound like a bad person like like for wow. real, like make them say like 
Okay, well, we're against. No, more they've money tried. They've tried teach- that. Yeah, yeah they've and- tried that. They've tried that, and the Republicans will still say the horrible thing out loud. They oh, will yes. be like, they will be like, no money for teachers. No, uh, uh, fuck your mother and uh, kill your sister. And <laughs> yeah. um, they that doesn't work on them. Uh, right, it so doesn't yeah, work like- on them on the big level, but it works on it works at the Thanksgiving table level. Yeah, like, yeah I like mean, and I think been- like. That shit helps like society better where it's like, yeah, well, mom, are you really against like yeah. teachers making more money? Like, or uh, is that really like part of your belief system? Then why are you voting for this guy? Like, I feel like there's, there's like ways to get cracks, you know, like to chip away at the oh, dam. Oh yeah, little. definitely. Yeah. Like on an interpersonal level. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I think we've seen this, you know, for the, the labor movement, stuff that is so exciting like starbucks had their first unionized store back in january i think and they have like 200 now it's amazing it's unreal but what republicans are trying to do is they're trying to paint starbucks baristas as like bourgeois bougie and (laughs) i'm just like are you serious like Right, Kill yourself. I, it, it, it might have even been one of you, so forgive me. Someone said something to the effect of like, Republicans have convinced their base that the dude who makes 125 grand a year as an IT tech is uh, not elite, but the girl, the the person with blue hair and an yes. undercut at yeah. Starbucks is elite or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and it's and it is, it's like they've weaponized identity politics to such an insane degree where it's mm-hmm. it's like that Starbucks employee probably makes 40 grand a year with, I mean, the, if, with the union if benefits that. yes if with, that I mean and, do you understand that we're okay when we're fighting for a $15 minimum wage that is $31,000 a year right we are uh, f- scraping tooth and nail to for someone for minimum wage to be $31,000 a year which is nothing. It's not Which enough nothing. to survive on, right? Like no. it, without roommates. I mean, you yeah. in any in any, any city, city in the right? country, yeah. you can't afford a one bedroom. It's, you know, and, on minimum wage. And the yeah. older generation, who most politicians happen to be, are like. Well, in my day, you just got a second job. And it's like, no, this isn't like a, a case of like, I just need an extra $100 cash a month until I'm a manager at the store. It's not that. People are perpetually underpaid. And there's yeah. like, and it's, and it's like, like, also you paid for college by working for three months in the summer and that paid for your whole year. Fuck you. Like, right. yeah. we, we're literally letting... I mean, these people. Uh, and look, you guys are the ones that sent us to college. I and know. Are now, and now we're like, hey, we should forgive some student loans. They're like, no, you need to learn. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dad. Not my dad, pers- but oh, that generation, you're like, hey, wait. No, I know. It's like you made college a requirement for entry to society. And then you got mad at us that we took out student loans, which you told us to do. Oh, my parents were like trying to get me to get a master's degree. Like, I'm so glad I don't have a master's degree. Oh. I would be like a hundred thousand dollars in yeah. debt right now. I, I thought you were gonna. Degree. I thought you were gonna say I would be insufferable. I don't know why. Uh, I mean, I would be maybe. a nightmare if I had a man. That's how I, I feel. Be, I would be. Yeah, still I would be young dead. and hot. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'd be so jacked if I had a master's degree. <laughs> I mean, I think that like one thing. I guess one reason that I'm potentially optimistic if I had to find one is Republicans have finally, they've finally reached the point to where they are out of alignment with their base. Like, I think you just kind of saw in this uh, Kansas vote that 
oh, the yeah. Republican Party is further to the right than people who vote for the Republican Party. I mean, like, that's not to say, you know, that I, like a lot of Republicans do not want all abortion bans in every circumstance. They don't want the Constitution amended. Like they may want something that's still pretty right wing, like Republicans, you know, who want abortion banned in in most circumstances. Right. But like, you know, people aren't really supporting this, like no exceptions for rape and incest stuff. They're not supporting the like no interstate travel stuff. I mean, like there is a limit and, you know, Republicans seem to have gone beyond it in some circumstance. And it, it's possible that there's a political consequence for that. But I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a good like, uh, uh, you know, th- throw. Give me a few of these life rafts. That feels like one. That no, I'll, no. I mean, like, it yeah. is that is bearing out in the because polls showed for a long time that, oh, it's going to be a slaughterhouse for Democrats in the midterms. And I think through both exactly what Kate was saying, like seeing ex- precisely how right wing, how like hardcore um, these Republican policies are, uh, and also like Democrats kind of having the fear of God put in them and finally trying to deliver some things, finally being inspired to try to deliver. Well, some it felt things. like they were like, uh, this Roe versus Wade shit is not going to happen. It's like, then it happens. They're like, they're not going to flip out. Like they, I know they keep saying how important it is to them, but they're not going to. And then it's like, uh, sir, they're flipping out. And it's yeah. like, uh, uh, okay. Okay. Um, okay. What can we do fam? Let's figure this out. ASAP. Like at least it feels like we're getting reactions to our desire. Like, yeah. Who- so the, the polls, the polls are looking better for Democrats going into the midterms. And that's only like a recent development. Um, and, in a few like marquee races too. And I think that that Kansas vote is a really good example of that. Um, as Kate was saying, like Kansas went for Trump by 19 points, I think 16 yeah. points, something crazy like that, something crazy like that. And that vote to uh, the, you know, the no vote to not strip abortion rights from the state constitution one by double digits. Right. So if all Democrats in Kansas voted no, it wouldn't have won anyway. Like, like right. right. So clearly some Republicans are, are yes. Yeah, no, it was no. some Republicans. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it was obvious. And there were some Republicans, yeah. You know, I mean, I think that there are, maybe it's not a lot, but there are definitely some of the kind of like libertarian type Republicans, um, especially younger Republicans who are, you know, a little bit more, you know, maybe a little bit more into the like uh, anti no lockdown stuff. Yeah, you know the like the small government gun shit. What is I mean, age of consent? Yeah, yeah, well, uh, yeah. That's I like mean, the that's- always thing. It's always like <laughs> you you always hear them for like a, a couple of minutes. Like, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. You're right. Yeah, wait. I'm sorry. That why is that on your mind? <laughs> like, okay, can I change the subject for a second just to tell you something ex- extremely funny? The libertarian party the entire libertarian party strategy now is to attract podcast fans um to their like party like it's well, honey it's, they're, they're they're winning they're it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a bad strategy they're gonna run dave smith who is a podcaster uh on legion, the legion of skanks um and apparently the entire 
like libertarian convention is literally just 26 year old guys who like podcasts, which I think is very funny. It's a, I mean, I'm not really worried about the libertarian party if, in general. If anything, they just pull votes from Republicans. So right. If, cool, and know? also they feel, and like, maybe it's the, a lesser of two evils in me. Like if it, it feels better than full blown, like anti-Semitism and racism and all of, like, it's like, I know they oh, probably it has a lot of that. Though, it has a lot worry. of yeah, that, of course, yeah, but it's not, yeah, one of their, it's not what binds them. It's not their core tenant. Like other, other people being open about it and that drawing those people out feels worse than saying yeah. like we want to legalize we're a racist who smoke pot you know what i mean like yeah uh, <laughs> i mean the main thing about them that is better than republicans is they're not going to win so right, yes yeah. exactly. like <laughs> you know i mean i also President think that gary johnson <laughs> my guy yeah. my guy oh my gary <laughs> i mean another thing that i wonder like how it is going to play out is like there's been a huge shift in i think normal liberals since like uh, oh yeah, the, the Roe versus the Dobbs decision, rather. You know, I think that I don't really know any person who is like under forty-five who still thinks that the Democratic Party it has the interests of people in mind right. at all. <laughs> right. You know, like the only people who still think this are like the Boomer and Gen X K Hive type people who are like. It just utterly brand poisons. And a lot of them are actual, you know, celebrity type influencer type or whatever, or like paid consultants. Oh, yeah. Like the natural constituency for this has never been lower. Like I noticed friends who are like, you know, just very run of the mill, like, hey, you know, I just want to beat Trump expressing like a lot of anger right now at like how inept, incompetent, corrupt democrats are and you know i just and i think that they're doing things like maybe donating to independent candidates i don't think that they're going to be giving money to you know major like major kind of corporate backed candidates anymore i you know i'm not like there's no one like bernie to run right now but i do see this kind of over time making a difference in like local races and and say what you will about like the you know the dsa and you know what dsa backed candidates have, have done i think there's some legitimate criticism but ultimately like i'll take those people over like someone uh, uh, halliburton democrat yeah 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 no sure. of course you know, yeah. like we're, we're it's gradual improvement like like yes it feels like it fucking we fell off a cliff and shit is awful but we have to slowly start going back, climbing up the mountain. Like it, it sucks. And it feels like none of these things feel like, like whatever I said, I think I said death of a thousand cuts earlier. Like whatever the positive version of that is like victory by a thousand steps or whatever. It's like, like yeah. we, we like it's we, and I don't, I think a lot of us, a lot of people are starting to see like the forest for the trees now of like, there isn't like a, a silver bullet candidate that's going to like fix yeah. everything. And, uh, or yeah. if that's even possible anymore in our legislative system, but people are seeing on the smaller scale, how important it is good and bad, you know, right wing people putting fucking school board people up, but also left wing, uh, leftist people just being like, yo, let's get in the city councils and let's put bike yeah. lanes everywhere. Well, even, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even, I mean, to Kate's point, even like mainstream liberals. And i I saw this, you know, even before Dobbs, certainly even like, but like regular mainstream liberals getting like, you know, really interested in like local city council candidates or uh, state senate candidates or 
uh, school board candidates or whatever. And yeah, definitely the Dobbs decision. I think what was so notable about that to me in terms of how it made like made mainstream liberals react is that it like made them look back at the Obama administration with scorn because which like, what is exactly very, did he do is like exactly like, it's, it's very like, funny no, that, it's like it's yeah it's just something that they would never do otherwise yeah, but hey then, buddy maybe you should have tried not to lose a thousand seats yeah, yeah. and also yeah. and also he ran on codifying Roe into law which yeah. I didn't even rem- I didn't remember that. I mean, me, me neither. And when that came up, because I was, like, I, was oh. I was so young. Um, yeah. I, was so, I was so us. young. Excuse I'm so us. sorry. Um, I <laughs> legally couldn't vote for him. Um, I don't even want to tell you when I first voted. <laughs> like, well, that's another thing. You too. voted for Dennis Kucinich. <laughs> I, I, I truly think the first person I voted for uh, was uh, Barack Obama, <laughs> and I turned 18 in the year 2000. So I have I have my own I have my own issues, but uh, I was never political. But then you just slowly, you know, you just move to Brooklyn and you just sl- it slowly you know, it starts happens, happening. But yeah, yeah but I I, I think there's think- less. Uh, sorry, I just think there's less and less people going like well i don't know it, it's a case by case i gotta 100%. see both ca- yeah, that's gone i haven't met anyone like that in a really long time yeah, i mean no. i've met people who were somewhat apolitical in the sense that all they really do is go pull the lever in general general elections but i haven't met anyone for a long time who says they're deciding on a case-by-case basis <laughs> right here's right. the thing though that i think is like important going forward it's like you know that old that old chestnut socialism or barbarism like we started this episode kind of talking about you know the rise of fascism or ascendant fascism or whatever you called it so you know we have this like trend in the republican party of becoming more and more fascistic and that's certainly going to increase as we get more and more climate refugees which you know is already happening but is going to increase exponentially over the next couple of decades here and there's going to be like one of two waves that we could go with that. Like we can, uh, you know, like the, <laughs> the like law and order thread will be like, you know, very, very, very strong. And that will be what the, not only like the, the small business January 6th type fascists are backing, that'll be, you know, what the, the big B bourgeois decides to throw down on because ultimately, you know, if it's, like equitable distribution of resources or a police state, they're yeah, going to choose okay. the police state, right? And so- Because they like, don't see how that could ever affect them. Yeah. Yeah. And right. now is the time where we really have to be building like an incredibly strong working class movement. And that can look like unions, that can look like socialist organizations. I mean, it's just like, you know, we need to be like getting our shit in order, like our life depends on it right now because because it does yeah Yeah, it really does right and you know i mean it's like i don't want to like over represent you know the i don't want to over represent the hope i don't want to go full hope punk here but you know i mean fascism is is an ideology that you know has failed a lot of people don't like like it you know like it's It's yeah it's the 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 natural it's, it's, it's very it's very much the Andrew Yang of philosophy. Yeah, the the constituency <laughs> for fascism is ultimately like the people that really like it. You know, it tends to be like the the kind of small business owner, like petty bourgeois, particularly in the United States, the very white, the very white petty bourgeois. Uh, 
you know, and then the the big bourgeois will support it because you know the it's it's the last gasp to save capitalism in crisis, right? Right. You know, and like you know, leftism, socialism, it can defeat so it can defeat fascism, and it's the only thing that can. Um, and I think that if you really you know gave most people the choice in this country of which one they would rather have overwhelmingly people would choose socialism but i don't think that most people understand that that's the choice yet i think that even like right. normie liberals even though they're disenchanted with the democratic party like still think that there is a way to kind of iterate on the obama years and there's really not yeah i think historically <laughs> you know so yeah <laughs> yeah but I, I i like that i like oh that just scared me my dog pushed the door open and startled me <laughs> um i i I like that. You're right. There is a movement. There's a lot of people and it just we need to we need to gather around and dare I say maybe not kill each other over minor differences uh and sort of just be like, "Okay, you we all have we have these this we're 98% compatible over here. Let's rock. Like we're doing it mostly right. Let's just let's fucking let's fucking work together, fam." Like we gotta like we gotta we gotta make we we need a bigger tent. We need to we need to let people who are like okay yeah you were fucking crazy about Kamala uh, uh, for so long come over you we're, you're welcome over here come over here you're allowed like we oh, got Kamala's crowd is going fast no oh, question no, in my mind dude, they are the natural constituency I for fascism just like <laughs> four days in a row I just read like this. All those like uh, Nangle and Brody Gupta and like everyone who like like made a slight joke about Kamala. Oh my god! And watch the reaction to it. Now, I'm gonna get in my. I'm gonna put my little tinfoil hat on for a second. Like that feels, and I know there are real people like that out there, but it no, also it feels, feels like coordinated. Op. It feels yeah. like an it, op. it is. Yeah, it's, it's certainly firms. It's yeah, and then that gets us infighting because then it's like someone's like, "I love Kamala." You're like, "Oh, you're one of those K Hive people." Uh, like. That's the that's the toxic version of how we were all Bernie bros a couple of years yeah. ago. Like I was like, we're not there's no way this many people are anti Bernie. Like it just like it's not like it can't be that it's he's not that there's not enough people being pro Bernie for people for it's got it's inside it's coordinated it feels so weird that it's like and then you just see that with the K hive it's like no one sees that there's a joke there. It feels like keyword search algorithm responses and shit like that. Like it feels like asymmetrical to what the actual original comment is. And that makes it feel like phony in a way. Uh, obviously, there is a couple of people who probably are indicative of that exact. And that's bad. But I do. Yeah. think I think we're being sold the fucking phony like existence like a little bit. You know, I think we're. it's rich Hillary dead enders who buy into the most toxic version of identity politics and it's consulting firms. Yes. And it's probably a total of 700 people. Yeah. <laughs> I was right? just going to yeah. say, yeah. I was just going to say, it's like definitely, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And, and it's they're got all very online. And there's yeah. got so many people up in arms and you know what I mean? We're all like, Oh fuck, man. I can't believe the K hive. Yeah. They saw, and it's like, now why am I saying that? Why do I even give a fuck about people who are fans of the, of the vice president that I voted for? Why am yeah. I angry now? Like, I mean, they are extremely toxic. They called CPS and tried to get someone's kid taken away for trying to, <laughs> for saying something negative about Kamala Harris. It's insane. Like they, they are everything that people think that Bernie bros are. They're out of control. 
You know, they're just but that feels like out. that all feels like crazy classic online gamergate right wing shit. Like, yeah, no, it's, and it, it's, it's true. It's it's gamergate for boomers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> boomergate. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I. I know you guys are on the East Coast, so God knows what fucking time it is over there. You young bucks uh, going strong. I'm getting tired, and it's 9 Pacific. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. yeah please. Uh, where can uh, my listeners hear more of what you guys are doing? Or, you know, this will probably come out in the next couple of weeks. I don't have a date. So if you have, like, if you know any September dates or gigs or anything like that, throw them out there as well. Uh, and we'll put your social media and all that shit in the show notes. But let them rip. Tell them about Reply Guys. Okay, so Reply Guys is a weekly podcast uh, where Kate and I do a lot of what you heard for the last hour and a half, um, except without Gabrus. Um, and I mean, we, for now, for okay. now, like, yeah. is he a natural third host? Yes. Allow, he allow is. me to be a Reply Guy for an episode. Absolutely, yeah. the number one fuckboy. I mean, we're yeah, not gonna get fits. this opportunity again, you know. Yeah, we're not just just gonna let this pass us by. Um, no, yeah, don't miss out. Yeah, but yeah, um, the we call it the the leftist feminist pod- comedy podcast for the rest of us. It's a lot of fun. We have a lot of smart guests. So we have a lot of comedians, um, organizers. Uh, we had Senator Ed Markey on once. That was oh, pretty hell funny. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> um, He's, I think he's, I learned about him exclusively from your social media. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm an Ed Markey dead ender. I think I I will I would uh, I would follow him into the sea. Um, but I'm that's just because I'm trash. I'm trash. I'm from Massachusetts, and he like he basically reminds me of all of my uncles. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. It's it's a lot of fun. We have. A jillion episodes we've been doing this show for years now. We almost have, three years, yeah. Almost Holy three years. Shit. No, I think we just passed three years, actually. Yeah, we yeah, we did because it's I think we started yeah. in July. Um we see, yeah. Happy third year anniversary oh to us. Oh my god, oh. happy anniversary to us. Uh it's a lot of fun. Uh we have so many great guests, and I always learn a lot and I laugh a lot. And isn't that what else can you ask what for? What else can things? you ask for? Has it been four years? Because we started in, we started no. in okay nine no three years okay three years. Yeah. So we started. I sound like me and my wife trying to remember yeah. when we first started. It's like was so it was oh three February oh three we started. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like is, oh like that's we accidentally realized that we had crossed our nineteen year anniversary. We like uh, oh, updated. Oh my god, yeah. I love. That. I'm starting to think you're not the number one fuckboy, my friend. <laughs> what kind of fuckboy gets a wife for that he's been with for nineteen years? We yeah. still love. And has a positive relationship uh, with and cherishes I'm no the, one. I'm the number one monogamist fuckboy. You uh, are. Yeah. Yeah. You are the number one wife guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bro, I am a wife guy. I am I on this podcast I know quoting that. her. I'm talking about. Like, I love I mean, that. I think that we we shamed the wife guy way too much. A wife guy is a great guy to be. I don't. I think we shamed the wife guy way too much. I mean, we we seriously canceled a man once for saying that he loved his wife I know. <laughs> just because I know. she was curvy i'm like i, I don't love, know man i love my curvy wife <laughs> i know that, I, I did not even see all right was... with it <laughs> yeah as like, long as she liked the compliment yeah. and even yeah. if she didn't this is where my new uh before i get out of here i'm gonna pitch my entire new political mindset 
mind your fucking business. A uh, woman wants to get an abortion, mind your fucking business. Two gay guys want to bake a cake and uh, and fuck, mind your fucking business. People want to do this, mind your fu- they want what's going on with someone's genitals? Guess what? None of your fucking business. What yeah. happened to just minding your own? I guess that would be weaponized by the other side too of like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm stockpiling weapons to kill kill my community <laughs> and it's like, ah, oh, mind your business, yeah, right, Gabriel? That's yeah. what you're shouting, mind your... And if like, you're oh. stockpiling weapons, okay, then the community has to intervene. <laughs> right. But if you just love your spouse's juicy ass, <laughs> right. Let it's it really live. fine for yeah, us to stay out. <laughs> you know, we don't have to crucify a man for... Let's, <laughs> pick, let's pick our battles. <laughs> let's pick our I battles mean, a little. <laughs> a man likes big titties and you know what he, he's been devoted to her for years he cherishes her clearly that's not all he cares about if they have a strong marriage going you know he sees her as a person i think it's fine you know and uh and yeah, well, I, I think he should be celebrated yeah. Oh, uh, this just as, uh, in curvy wife guy cuts up his wife into pieces. And <laughs> <this inside>. is, <laughs> oh, I thought this was going to be like his comeback special. Oh, yeah. You know? hey, I'm going to have it. Let's see if we can get the curvy wife guy to come on replug. Yes. Oh, my God. You should apologize on behalf Let's do, let's do a redemption episode for him. Oh, yeah. my God. That's such a good idea. You Anyways, guys should do that. <laughs> listen to reply, guys. You can find me at, on Twitter at OJuliaTweets, OH Julia Tweets. Um, I'm there all the Kate? time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you know. So I yeah, reply, guys. Obviously, uh, also on Twitter at Kwillet and TikTok and Insta. Really trying to get some TikTok and Insta followers right now, so that I can get booked more at comedy clubs. So please follow me there. Oh, what a wonderful Kate, business! Kate Skillet <laughs> on TikTok, Kate Dot Willet on uh on uh instagram i don't know i don't really care about this shit but i'm trying to post <laughs> videos of myself doing my whole little clown i stick. need more um, reels they're promoting reels i gotta post yeah. the reel it needs captions that's what makes it pop okay i've been i've been now i'm an editor my ass off <laughs> yeah now i'm uh, a fucking editor i went I from being have... a stand-up and now i'm a fucking I, I you know you can become an accountant an editor a pot yeah. a sound engineer you have to just get like a, a copywriter you have to get like 10 million jobs when you try I've to been do this editing shit. videos before i leave my bed in the morning i'm just waking up editing videos anyway uh, i'm a poor put upon woman follow me on instagram so at least it's worth it but i'm also doing a big tour of the southeast this september so i don't know when this is coming out but i will be posting my dates all over social media going all over georgia alabama west virginia kentucky Come see me. Oh, hell yeah. A real fun time. Get out there and see Kate. I'm at Gabris on all social medias. You know that. Also, check out my show, 101 Places to Party Before You Die. If this episode is coming out after my show is airing, you can still go back and watch it, please. I bet you they check the numbers. Thank you. Bye, shitheads. Hey, now that the episode is over, time to get a little serious. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Whack! Abortion is a basic healthcare need for millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence
rights of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. So you can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's the number four. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, plancpills.org provide an early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. I encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. I think what this all fundamentally comes down to is let's just mind our own fucking business, okay? If somebody wants to do something to their body, uh, let them. <laughs> That's it. It's their body. We don't get to choose that for them. That's called freedom, remember? Okay. This has been John Gabris, host of High and Mighty, saying thanks for listening to the episode. And come on, speak up, take care, and spread the word. Love you, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>